Welcome to the WeGo Places podcast, where we catch up with WeGo grads who share with us the story of the journey to their unique careers. I'm your host, Brian Turnbow, English teacher at WeGo since 2001. You just heard intro music from Andy Georgiev, class of 2022. Today, I catch up with class of 2018's Shivani DeVay, space optimization analyst at PepsiCo. Shivani will share with us how her marketing classes at WeGo sparked her confidence in all realms of communication and persuasion, and how she took advantage of her opportunities at DePaul University and share with us what it's like to work at one of the largest food and beverage companies in the world. Joining us from the class of 2018 is Shivani Dave. Shivani, what do you do? I'm currently a space optimization analyst at PepsiCo. So all the Circle K like cold vaults, I help design all the store layouts and planograms and organize all like the Pepsi beverages that are on there along with their competitors as well. When did you know that you had kind of an interest or aptitude for all things business? Honestly, um, it started in high school. I took Mrs. Durbin's marketing class. And then from that point, I'm like, okay, Marketing is definitely something that I want to pursue. I love people and I love connecting with people. So I started already looking like my senior year of like business schools that offer really good marketing programs. And I was looking at DePaul and I was in the Welcome Center and I was looking at this marketing program and it's called Integrated Marketing Education. So the amazing part of DePaul is that you get like real life experience. So this program offered me um, the opportunity to consult with three different companies. So I consulted with the Chicago-based company, um, um, a national company, Barilla Pasta, um, you may have heard of it. And then um, this international company called Inica Superfoods, and they're based out, based out of Stockholm, Sweden. So from that point, I already kind of, I kind of already knew my career trajectory because I had time to like kind of look into what I was interested in at a very early age during high school. And that kind of just all those interested, all those interests kind of start to amplify like throughout my time in college as well. If I can just come back to marketing, like what is it about it that really sparked your interest in it in high school? Like what is it about the communication or persuasion of it that you find or that you found to be so um, again, it, it spoke to your, uh, your aptitudes. Yeah. Um, marketing to me is like the psychology of business. It's an art and it's a science and I love being creative, but I also really enjoy structure as well. So during my time in high school, I was in choir too. So like being part of the arts and like the people that was, the communities that I was started during that time also like sparked my passion for like, oh, I don't want this imagination that I have in my brain to die. But I'm also know that I'm pretty good at math and like creating like a structure for myself. And marketing is that really nice medium where you can combine both of those two things. 
So this program that you were at in Nepal, and you were able to work with three different entities. And I was wondering if you could maybe talk about like, how did you like the first, the first company, and then I would, I, I could, I could see that then the second uh, company that you worked with, by the time you got to the third one, that your repertoire of, of skills that you were able to maybe offer more each time. I was wondering if you could maybe kind of walk me through the gradation or the increase of how you were able to maybe really see yourself grow in each one of those uh, types of uh, positions that you're at during those type of real life experiences. Yeah. So I think I should like start off probably by explaining like what the program is. So the IME program is a program where you get to consult with three different companies and it's a year long course. So the first, our DePaul works in trimester. So the first trimester, I got to work with this company called UpTalk, which is the Chicago-based company that I got to work with. So they're video chat technology clients. So like when you're going to a business, like what if you needed help with something? So somebody would pop up on a video and kind of like help you and give you that like in-person feel that you usually would get in a store. So we were trying to get that product in service for like a lot of businesses. And throughout that, I kind of was able to understand how to build a story, how to understand data, how to create something digestible for an audience to understand. So that kind of skill kind of transferred into like the ne- like my na- the next trimester, which was like going into a bigger scope. So like a national company like Barilla. So then like using all that data and storytelling, how can I use that to understand even bigger amounts of data? I had to like research 20 large and medium sized customers. And it was even like more complex data, like Qualtrics and SPSS and like Excel. And I just had to understand a whole category of things because I had to expand a product that they were trying to build in a B2B business. And after that, Enica Superfoods, which is like a national company, like how can I take all this data and all this stuff and be able to implement it into a different country, a different culture, a different values and all that. So it's all these like things. It starts really small. Then I just slowly start to like get bigger and bigger and like kind of snowballed into like this really big like consulting project. What do you see as kind of like the most uh, effective implementation in that without giving away the secret of the of the game, of course? I would say so my professor talked about it. So let's say somebody like you're you have like a gift that you made, like you made a table for your kids and your kids are like really excited to like like hear about like what you got them for Christmas or their birthday or whatever. And you go about telling them the process of you making the table, but not actually saying what the table is. It's like the kids want to know already what you got them right from the get go. So like when you're telling a story, tell them the answer right in the beginning. That's the gift. So it's just starting off with like, this is the answer. And then in the middle, starting off by like, then going into like how you got about to that particular gift. So try to give that answer right from the get-go to capture the audience's attention. When you were working for the the company that was kind of the international one in Sweden, you had mentioned that you had to kind of think about maybe different cultural yes. avenues to kind of, how did you go about understanding those nuances to be more effective in your communication in, a, in something that is uniquely non-American in, in that regard? Oh my gosh, this was, it was that was probably one of the hardest consulting projects that I had that year. So our country, we actually had to expand. Like some people had like the UK, some people had like 
Korea. Ours was the U.S. That's what my team was. So in Sweden, like the word tribe is like something that's probably not as culturally sensitive as like the word tribe here. Like if you say the word Mm. tribe with like a product is probably going to like, you know, create a lot of like negative perceptions of the product. So being able to like understand that and like kind of even communicate and be like, hey, you kind of have to switch your entire marketing plan entirely but also say it in a way that's like this is why but then also this is how you can actually leverage the product that you have and expand it into a different industry because at first we were just like they can go into the supplement industry but then when we looked at like the culture in the supplement industry we kind of knew that that probably wouldn't fit but then going into the wellness industry talking about healing your body mind and soul and like all that stuff like fit in perfectly so kind of like understanding that not every single culture has different values and then figuring out how to exactly pinpoint where it can work was probably the hardest part, but it was really fun. I enjoyed it. Tell me more about DePaul. I mean, what's it like going to uh, a school in, uh, in Lincoln park and in the city? What was that experience like? Um, I just want to start off by saying DePaul is the best school in the entire world. Like I loved my time at DePaul. And I think a big portion as to why I loved my time at university was because like I wasn't, I was not necessarily starting over, but I kind of didn't have any pressure from anyone or anything. So I had the chance to kind of just follow my curiosity. And that's probably my biggest advice to anyone in their life like follow your curiosity because we're so we're humans are curious about so many different things and college is the perfect time to do that um so I joined a lot of clubs um I was part of like three business organizations I was a TA for like a marketing class um I was an RA for two years Uh, I was a peer mentor for first year students when I was a senior, Um, but I just did a lot of things that I was passionate about. And then right after I left, right after I graduated college, I kind of like gained a certain set of like skills that I know that I could transfer later on and also help me understand who I am as a person. So it was a really good time. And also Lincoln Park is a really great area. I like lived a 20 minute walk away from the beach. So like sometimes I just go walk to like the lake and just read my book or something and yeah it's it's a really nice scene and it's very peaceful and the community there is really nice and DePaul is very like there's so many different types of cool people so I feel like my eyes were opened a lot during that time. You had mentioned that you were you really enjoyed these these clubs that you were involved uh, in. I was wondering like, if you could maybe expand a little bit on like what those clubs were and why was that maybe uh, really kind of essential to the kind of that transfer of skills that you had mentioned uh, at the uh, at the latter point of the last response. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was a big business girl, like from like freshman to sophomore year. So I was like into Paul Women in Business, and I was like the director of marketing for that. So then I was designing all the marketing materials and like posting on social media. I was like the social media chair for DePaul Marketing Consulting Group. So like already kind of understanding how consulting works and we developed like a plan for Phil's Coffee. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's like a coffee company Mm -hmm. based in California, but they have some locations in Chicago. So we helped build like the marketing plan for that. And then I was also part of this competitive business organization called DECA, which is similar to Business Professionals America. I know that West Chicago Community High Schools has that too. So um, it was just like a competitive business organization where you can kind of just like choose a topic and like compete in it. And that did help me develop leadership skills. But also the most important part of it is like 
I developed really great friends. And also when you're part of those clubs, it expands your network even more because of like my position in DECA, I was able to get like this TA position that I had in the marketing department. And I was able to do that and become a marketing ambassador for the marketing department because of the friends that I made in DECA. So it not only expands your network, but you are also able to make some really genuine connections that I enjoyed as well. What was it like being a, a TA and, and, and uh, what was what was your experience like with that? So when I was a TA, I was helping handle the communication materials between the professor and the students for the graduate internship course and the undergraduate internship course. And also, I also had this like free space during that time as well to help with other creative projects too. So like helping design like the social media for the DePaul marketing department and like cr- doing stuff like in the office like helping design like the billboards to talk about the different concentrations we have because DePaul has a lot of different concentrations so like there's a sales concentration a digital marketing concentration and then the integrated marketing education concentration as well so I helped come up with like um, strategies to help promote those programs as well and I really enjoyed that too because I feel like a lot of students don't really realize what type of resources their university has to offer and I feel like that's a huge thing for DePaul like DePaul is a great school but it's a great school if you really take in those resources that are already there so to any student out there like make sure they reach out to your like career department or whatever because that door once you do that a door opens up to a lot more opportunities as well like it did for me before you graduated, did you did you know uh, what was the process of maybe fanning out and trying to know, all right, I'm going to land here? Like, what was your the, the process of kind of seeking out uh, employment after uh, after graduation? Did you know where you're going prior or was was there kind of a, uh, a kind of a wait and see approach to where, where you took your talents? Yeah. Um, so so June of 2021, I secured a Pepsi internship so I was a category management and shopper insights intern and I'm so Kroger which is like a huge like store it's not based out of here but like they have stores in like the east coast um I had to create like you know how in the checkout area there's like a bunch of like um like snacks that you can get like at Walmart or Target so I had Uh to create like a whole salty snacking assortment for all of Kroger stores it was really really hard but I really, really enjoyed it because I got to understand different types of data and learn how to like build a story even more. And that was like an insane amount of data. So um, it was hard, but then I ended up presenting my internship like report out to the people that hired me and they're like, wow, we love you. Let's give you a full-time offer. So before I even started my senior year, I actually ended up receiving a full-time offer um, and I accepted um, mainly because I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really want to look for a job during my senior year. I feel like I worked really hard during my time at college. So then like this last year was kind of just a year to just like be free and explore myself. And I definitely took that time to travel too. So um, that really also played a role too because it's not just like I feel like education is one thing but then like traveling also teaches you what textbooks don't so I really was privileged to be able to do that as well during my senior year and before going starting my full-time role at Pepsi as well so that was yeah I kind of just got the job because of the internship right before my senior year. You said that you had to make a lot of adjustments based upon data how when you're designing this, what are the ways in which you get the type of quantifiable resources or data back? And and how do you know how to tweak and make the adjustments 
once you get that, if it's a display case in such a way, what are, um, I think a big part of is that like, there is a lot of data and I feel like already in my brain, there is some sort of like, there's like a string, there's like a string in my brain. And there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a way that the data all connects together and I don't want to like be able to forget that process. So what I do is like, sometimes I'll go on a word document or sometimes I'll go on a PowerPoint and like, it's not to like make anything look pretty, but like I start naturally being able to tell the story. So like slide one, what would this be about slide two? What would this be about slide three to make sure that like I'm creating that string, like kind of a reality. And then once I'm able to like create that string, the data that I have naturally just flows into that, if that makes sense. How did you know that you ha- that you've been able to have the type of intuition to make those adjustments to get the result you wanted? Like, when did you know that you're like, hey, I think I got a knack for this? Um, I think it's, I think it's just like a snowball. So like, because I've had so much experience with like working with data, that skill just kind of just develops and develops over time, and you just naturally it becomes like instinct to just like be able to just create a process that works for you. And everybody like creates data or creates a story very differently. And everybody thought everybody's thought process is different, but um, the more you do it, the more easy it becomes to like be able to like tell what the story is going to kind of like turn out to in your head. For the one internship, you, did you live in, in Sweden for a, a m- amount of time? Ugh, I wish. No, it was actually just, it was remote. So they, Uh, the client would like, we would do phone, we would do video calls with them from Sweden. And we'd like ask them questions about like their products and like, why do they have it positioned a certain way? Like, have you thought about this when entering this market and all that stuff? Um, But no, we did not travel to Sweden. I wish though, that would have been pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been been pretty cool. Um, Okay. So um, now how long have you been uh, at uh, at Pepsi now? You said it's been about a year now? No, I started in, uh, I started in August. So September, October, December, January, like six months. It says you're also that you're part of like a, a director of marketing of women of color on the move and uh, together. Well, I was wondering if you maybe kind of talk about the other things that you're affiliated with and that you're working on. Yeah. So I realized like during my time at university, I love like I love community building. And to me, human connection is truly the realest thing that we're ever going to experience in our entire lives. Right. So like I want to do something with my skills where I can help people. So I decided to kind of just like work on the side and kind of just do things that I love. So there's this nonprofit called Women of Color on the Move, and they help women soar their many responsibilities to their families, their communities, and all their friends as well. And they create a lot of community development programs in regards to substance abuse, workforce development, and like money management workshops. So I create uh, marketing plans for those programs. Then I'm also a social media strategist for this other amazing nonprofit called Together Well. They provide uh, equitable, more access to mental health services to people in Sacramento, California. So I just, I look at their social media and like look at the analytics and then I'm like, hey, this is what you guys could be doing for like future posts so they can like improve the engagement on their online platforms. And there's also one more thing. I'm a teach tutor and that's probably my favorite out of all three of them. So I have this amazing student. Her name is Liliana and she's in West. So it's like, it's just in West Chicago. And I just spend like an hour each week trying to like tutor her to be a better like English, like to be more proficient in English speaking. And it's really nice to like, just connect with somebody and like help them 
be like live a more fulfilled life. So, yeah. You have access to all these incredible analytic uh, tools. Typically, how like when you see uh, some type of data, what how quickly can you then make tweaks in order to then uh, improve or get the desired uh, result? What are the type of tools that you use uh, for that? Um, it depends. It depends on what type of thing I'm working on. So if it was social media um, for Together Well, like I use something called Hootsuite that kind of like kind of provides a bunch of like the metrics for you. So what I do is kind of just take like the data that I need and just post it onto a Word doc and then take time to process it. Sometimes it can take a day. And then after that, like I kind of go into go into it the next day and kind of just create whatever I think would be best to get the results that we want. What's a typical day like uh, for you? So you start work and how, how do projects uh become initiated for you and then do you have like a series of ongoing ones like what's what is the what what what's the the full docket for, uh, for you when uh, you have a, a typical day yeah um so my pepsi job so i'm a space analyst so like the circle k um i look at like cold vaults and like design like all like the Pepsi beverages that are on there along with their competitors as well and like on the shelves so my manager would give me like a bunch of planograms to work on for the week so I just like organize all of them and then after that like I just after I'm like done like organizing whatever planograms I could for the day after that I kind of just do whatever other work that I'm passionate about like doing like together well work stuff or women of color on the move stuff so I also do that too like your it doesn't necessarily like have to be like your passions don't necessarily have to be only in your work it can be in other things as well when when you're working at the circle k and you're looking at how to make various different adjustments how uh, there's got to be uh you you have to work within the space of uh so it's a finite space and you can't take over everything and you also have to like look at what your competitors are, are are doing as well walk me through like the type of decisions that you make uh when you are seeing either an improvement or a maybe not an improvement with sales in such a way how do you know how to make various different decisions like how do you begin to like move things yeah. in the store in order to create that traction that you need yeah that's a great question so we have something called a space allocation tool so on that i would type in like the store number and then in that well, when I type in the store number, it essentially gives all the different um, products and how many shelves they each deserve. So I go into one category. Let's say I go into like the C, like the sports drinks category. Pepsi usually leads, and then from there on, like Coke leads, and then like Body Armor. So then after that, I kind of just like take whatever brand flows that there are already set for us in place, and then put them onto the shelf and then sometimes there are empty spaces or sometimes there are too much spaces it depends so the share leader always gets like pretty much what they ask for after that you kind of make those adjustments like hey like body armor isn't really doing that good in this store like we can cut off two products to make sure that everything fits on the shelf or something does that make sense how many product lines are in a a typical store for you product lines or like the pro- how many Pepsi products would be are in a uh, circle? Um, how many products are there? Um, I would say two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. There's eleven categories, so Pepsi is on a share for like a lot of them. So I would say it's definitely above like 
a hundred products per like for everything for like Pepsi total, the amount of products. Yeah. It depends though. Cause sometimes there's like a six shelf store, but then sometimes I'm working with like a store, I mean a six door store, but then sometimes there are like stores where they have like 16 doors. So it, it really depends on like the store too. Again, just so I can try to imagine this, how quickly do you know that your decision made a difference? Is that something that happens by the day, week, month, or like how do you know that uh, that that there was a, an increase? And uh, and and what are the various variables that, or what are the variables that uh, that you know that could be contributing to it? Like if it was weather, or if it was by region, uh, and, and all that. I'm just I'm trying to like get my mind around all yeah, the various different. That's a really good question. Um, yeah. It happens yearly, so we have we have something called reset season. So right now we're in it right now. So I basically have to redo all the stores based on like performance that performed like in the year before so we have them called days of supply so that there's a days of supply button like on like the software that i use that tells me like how many days it takes for those products to completely wipe out and like based on those numbers for the next year we allocate the products based on that based on dollar sales essentially okay where where do you see like the next stage of where you want to go uh with your marketing um in all honesty I really don't know. There's a lot out there, you know, and I think it's just taking like a step where like my, I'm like naturally gravitating towards my curiosity. And I don't think it may not necessarily be, it probably will be in Pepsi, like just maybe a different sector. Like maybe I want to work in like insights. So Gen Z shoppers all focused on like health products. So how, can I create strategies to entice Gen Z to buy more health products? I eventually down the line, like I could imagine myself working with like health products. Cause that's something I'm very passionate about. I love working out and like all that stuff. So um, maybe something in insights where I get to work with data, but not also like strategize with it as well. So that like combines with like my strategy, like my consulting work and like the things that I did at university and like snowballing those skills and making it into something bigger. If I don't think I, I don't believe I asked this question. If, if I did, if I did, I apologize. Um, but like, is there a favorite type of um, tool that you use that that is able to kind of like when you're like it's, you're, you're excited to use this because it presents the data in a way that allows you to make the story uh, that much more intuitive? Yeah, it is nothing. It has not. It has nothing to do with like my my corporate like job though because I know in my corporate job they use PowerPoint like that's what they basically want us to use because that's what everyone uses but like when I'm like working for like women of color on the move or together well I use Canva and when I used my did my internship experience with Pepsi I did a Canva presentation instead of a PowerPoint one because I was like trying to push that like Canva has I don't know if you know what Canva is but it's like it's this like graphic design tool where they already have templates laid out for you, but then you can like the des- the graphic images are a lot better than what you would have on PowerPoint. Um, but I like things that are visually appealing and I feel like Canva really provides like a space for like me to kind of create something that's really pretty and something that's digestible as well. Um, but that's definitely the tool that I look forward to using a lot. Like it's my favorite thing to use when I'm telling a story and creating that presentation. I, I've I've been teaching AP language for a long time. I, I'm I'm fascinated by persuasion and all that. And you know, you have 
you have so much insight by uh, the the immediate application and seeing the result of your hypotheses really just kind of happen in, in real time. What is your most um, what is your most what still kind of surprises you in terms of what why this technique is so persuasive uh, when you're looking at marketing? Like, is there anything that uh, either uh, like still surprises you? Like, I can't believe that still works. Not it's I don't think it's necessarily something that surprises me, but it's brand, you know, like brand, the brand itself plays a really big role into why companies make money. So like if you buy like a regular branded Doritos, you're probably more enticed to buy a regular brand of packet of Doritos versus like one that's generic just because of the brand name. And even though they're the same product. Because a brand has a reputation. Um, and I don't think that's something that'll ever go away. Is there is there a, a, a company that that you think is like, you're like, wow, they're really doing it right. Like, obviously, you guys are doing good work. But like, is there anyone like, who do you admire from afar? Uh, as a, as maybe they're, a, maybe they're not a competitor, or maybe there's someone else there. You're like, hey, that's, yeah. that's, that's actually a pretty clever campaign. Like what what's like, because we're, we're, uh, we're about to start the, uh, the 48 hours of Super Bowl commercials, and you know, the peak marketing uh, of the season uh, of what we do. Who do you think does uh, that you think does really good work? To, I'm not even like paying attention to the Super Bowl commercial, but like as a company, like like as a company, like marketing brand overall, who I think right now stands out to me, I'm really big into the fitness industry. And there's this amazing company called Gymshark that sells really good like um, athletic clothing. And I think they there's a toxic gym culture. So like being able to having to look fit or like um, having to look a certain way to wear certain clothes. I feel like Gymshark is a company that kind of break those barriers and kind of like normalize like all bodies can go to the gym and like body inclusivity in this culture is kind of important. So I think Gymshark was one of the first to kind of like pioneer that movement and their marketing and being able to stand by it. So something that I love about Gen Z is that like Gen Z doesn't like they want something that's authentic and something that's real. And they want a company that like will, will like fight back and for what like they think is essentially right. So when Gymshark on social media was like having con like, like having issues with like people saying, Oh, like that's not like a fit body though. Like they clap back, they talked back and say, well then don't buy our products. So like having that type of attitude, like you see it with like Wendy's on Twitter, right? Like, Wendy's has like this amazing personality where they like clap back at even other companies like that type of like, like personality is I really enjoy that in companies. And I think that Gymshark really does it right. What do you read or listen to to stay current and sharp uh, with uh, with all things in your career? Um, To be honest, I don't really well i do read some like forbes like articles that like whenever like pepsi shows up on them but i've been super interested in like philosophy recently so i've kind of just been like going down that route so like whenever i'm making like these planograms for these stores there's this podcast i listen to it's called bobo's void it's about these two people that live in south africa and cape town and they just talk about so many different cool topics like what is a soulmate like what's love like what is capitalism like how like let's talk about the matrix and all these really cool ideas that I feel like a lot of us don't talk about but then like I feel like after listening to that podcast my worldview has kind of changed so I just 
realized I think it's really important for all of us to like really, really question like everything around us because I think that really helps us grow as a person. So I've been listening to a lot of philosophy podcasts. Oh, and there's this really good audiobook that I'm reading. It's by Viola Davis. Um, she's like the main actress in How to Get Away with Murder. And it's about like her finding herself and like becoming an actress and getting to where she is right now. And I really like her story. So reading autobiographies and stuff like that. Um is something that I really enjoy too. Well, not reading, listening, because I feel like it's easier when you're working to like listen to a book while you're like, so that's really nice that I can do that working from home. You had mentioned that you were able to kind of do some like some traveling uh, before, like does, will your, will your job mm-hmm. also uh, provide any like uh, um, traveling opportunities? Um, I travel around the country personally, but for work, I've only just been to the Dallas headquarters and kind of just like connected with my team there because I don't just have like my team in Chicago. My team in Chicago is like basically six people, but a majority of my team is based out of Dallas, Texas. So we kind of just like went to, I went to Texas two times last year to just like connect with the team there. And then we do have a major offsite meeting for like the space team and where both of both the Dallas team and the Chicago team will like meet somewhere else like think like later in June or July, we'll be traveling to Colorado to like, just maybe Colorado. I don't know what's actually happening. They haven't planned it out yet. Um, where we're just going to just like connect and like talk about things that are happening and like the company and space and like the overall community that we are part of, which is the DX community. So in Pepsi, there's like four main communities. Like there's, let me, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. So in Pepsi, I work in this one hub of Pepsi called the DX, which is like the demand accelerator um, hub. So like there's four different like functions within that hub. So there's shopper insights, there's shopper marketing, space optimization, and category management. So I'm in space optimization right now. And then I can kind of like, it's really nice in this hub where I can kind of just like try other things too, like shopper marketing, shopper insights, category management. It's all like number, data, marketing function type of things. Um, but in this office, I'll be able to like kind of connect with people within that hub. And that'll be really fun too. So how often do you share your insights with those other groups there? I mean, I, I'd imagine there's got to be like how you said it was like a hub that you come together. What's the communication like between those groups? Um, there's usually like share outs that happen. So like once or twice a month, there's like there's a there's a DX newsletter that comes out once a week. And then like and then there's like events that are happening and they're usually share outs by like the different functions. So like insights sometimes have like a share out on like the most recent one was like health and wellness behavior. So like you can go to that and like, t- and like see what their presentation, see like a report of like what they're working on, like how that can help you with your function and all that stuff too. So it's like just having share outs that they have like once or twice a month, I try to attend and kind of just like gain the information that I want to like make my job better and just make Pepsi yeah. better overall. And you know, when this whatever category that they have. Shivani, this has been so interesting. And uh, it, I mean, just how involved you are on so many different levels uh, with with the community and, and beyond and all that. And I always like entering the interview with, with a question, which is, what advice would you give current Wildcats for success? In order for you to grow, you have to become uncomfortable. If you become comfortable, then you're just going to stay where you at. But I think that we only have one life and it's really important for us to grow as individuals. So try new things and follow your curiosity. And the worst that's going to happen is that you won't like it. That's so great. Shivani, this has been fantastic. And uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing uh, your afternoon with me for this interview. Yeah, of course.
thanks for listening. Do us a favor and spread the word about We Go Places by sharing our interviews with other Wildcats. If you want to search past episodes or stay current, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere where you can get your podcasts. Just search We Go Places. You can follow We Go Places on our Facebook page as well, and also Twitter at We Go Places Podcast. And if you know a former Wildcat who would be a great guest, send me a direct message on Facebook, Twitter, or by school email at bturnbow at d94.org. B-T-U-R-N-B-A-U-G-H at d94.org. Yeah.